0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The title of this sermon is, We Were by Nature Children of Wrath. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Praise God that you got here. Because there are so many things that are going on in the spiritual realm that are trying to keep you from coming. But if it wasn't for her being here that Wednesday night, we wouldn't have known about what was going on with Steve and them. And that they needed Bibles. But she came. You got to get past all that stuff. And we have to remember that even though there's these battles that are happening in the spiritual realm that impact the physical realm. Jesus died. Rose and was resurrected and, and we have victory and he has defeated death but that does not mean that the devil is still not trying to establish his, his kingdom here and rebel against God and we know that, that that happens in Luke chapter 4 verses 5 and 7 when, when uh, the devil was speaking to Jesus says then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time And the devil said to him, All this authority I I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you uh, will worship before me, all will be yours. Well, how did Satan obtain this authority? Adam fell. Adam fell. It was, it, we, we, we covered that when we looked at Genesis chapter 1, and, and we, we looked at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, and Adam was given dominion, and he fell, and fell into sin. Satan has it, but not anymore, because it belongs to Jesus. Jesus will return in the second coming. But you have to remember, the devil is, and it's important for you to understand your enemy, And what I mean by that is understanding your enemy is that the fact that the the devil has limited power. He's not all-knowing. He doesn't stand outside of time. He can't be in two places at one time. He can only be one place at one time, so he has to have an antichrist for every season. That's what we don't understand. And then the last part we forget is that Jesus already defeated death. We already have victory. These things that are happening are just skirmishes that happen after the treaty has already been signed, and the war continues in certain areas. But we know that His second coming is happening. We know that, that Satan considers himself a god, but it's a little g, a little g. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four says, "Whose minds the god of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory." Of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Again, he's a little G. Now, get, Satan has uh, wanting to have control of this present world. He wants to control ideologies and viewpoints, and and uh, psychology, and education, and economics, and politics. And he's trying to work through all of those different things. But the biggest thing that Satan works through is false religions. The murkier he can make the water, right? The water upstream is really clear. But the more mud he can get down as it comes downstream and make people think, well, wait a minute, I can follow this thing or I can follow that thing. That's what he wants to do. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of life, of light. And so we know, you know, that when we look at this, it's, it's an understanding that one of the things that he wants us to, to set up apostasies, false religions. But he is the power of the air. Satan is the leader of the demons of the lower atmosphere where we live, where the unsaved women and, uh, and men live. And he dictates to those demons what his desire is. He's keeping the mind of the the air of the lower atmosphere is the main location where Satan rules. But we know in Revelation 16, 17, it says, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. It's understanding that there are these things that are happening, and there are people that are spiritually dead just following along with Satan's plan. That's why we see something like SatanCon in boston is sold out so they can go and 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 worship satan that a city would host them they were in arizona but it was too hot i'm serious they were meeting in arizona but they the people who were there were like it's too hot they were there during the hottest part of the summer we can't be here and i'm like lord y'all gotta y'all better hope you start following christ because y'all got a long eternal (laughs) eternal death coming But we need to be praying for them. They were spiritually dead the same way we were. We were that same same struggle that we went through. I love Acts chapter 26 verse 18. It says to open their eyes in order to turn from the darkness to light. From the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. If you have somebody who's a prodigal, if you have somebody who, who's spiritually dead, Acts chapter 26.18 is a prayer you can pray for them. You need to pray that scripture. That they would, they would turn from darkness to light. That they, would, that they would run from the power of Satan to God. And that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That they would know who Jesus is. It's a battle. And it's a supernatural battle that's happening. And that's what Satan wants to do. He's wanting to pin us together in division. And so he's done a pretty good job of it, if you think about it. You think about the division that's there with political, social, whatever it is, pandemic, whatever, social, all that stuff. There's division everywhere. And he's actually infiltrated the church with division as well. Because you have churches that are claiming to follow this political party and a church claims to follow with that political party. And it's like the church is not supposed to follow any political party. We're following God. And and that's the reality of it. But if you think about that, the devil's trying his best to infiltrate and create division. And we know that his time is limited in Revelation 12, 12. It says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. And that's after he's going to be locked up for the millennial and he'll be let out. But we know that he knows that his time is short because you can see how everything is moving into a one world system. Into a one world banking system and a one world religion. Because what's going to happen is there'll be a one world religion where every road leads to God. And then comes the Antichrist and he will want to be worshipped. And he will demand worship. And if you don't worship him, you're done. And that's where everything's moving right now. We're told that these battles are happening in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. It says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness... Of the, of the of this age against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand and i love that because when he talks about the schemes of the devil he's talking about the the tempting that happens of, of an immorality and we know that in Scripture that Satan does that. In 1 Corinthians verses 7 and 5, it says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and pray and come together so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And that's speaking about a husband and wife's relationship. That's speaking about what happens on the marriage bed. You're not supposed to... to, to you're supposed to give yourselves... Not deprive one another. Because what happens when you deprive somebody? Pornography. You start falling into stuff that you shouldn't fall into. You start looking elsewhere. And he says right there that Satan does not tempt you because you lack self-control. Like he knows this is an area you're going to fall. And he's going to use it. One of the other schemes that he uses is he always is attempting to deceive Second Corinthians chapter eleven verses thirteen and fourteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. There is a lot of apostasy and false stuff being taught, and it starts it it unfortunately with worship, and it starts with the pulpit. People are getting away from the Word of God. They're teaching metaphysics and Christian science, which is an abomination. And we're seeing it. And and they're growing. The churches are growing. The ones that are doing that, trying to teach you that you can can be in heaven here on earth. No, you can't. Like you can receive the power of the second coming now today, something that the church never received, but you can have it. You need to run from that. You need to run from that. If there's something that they're saying that the Apostle Paul, that the the disciples received and now, oh, no, they, they didn't receive it, but we have new knowledge. That's Gnosticism. You need to run from that. Because what they're doing is they're taking this Jesus and they're adding stuff to it. It's Jesus plus these things. And I've never seen it, but they're weaponizing worship to do it. Well, what we'll do is we'll use our worship and bring them into our conferences and we're going to teach them. It's Scientology stuff. We're going to teach them how you can meditate, lay down and have visions, no matter what the vision is. You work through them. But if it tells me right here that there's Satan transforms himself to an angel of light, what type of vision do you think you have? It? Because the person that's, that wrote the book on this is telling you, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. I, I have to lead them there. and get them, I get their emotions and feelings riled up, and then we go. And, and I'm going to tell you what, anything that's wrapped up in emotion and feelings and not the Word of God, you need to run from. Because to me, when you're talking about using worship to come into a conference so that we can teach you these new techniques to take back to your church, that's Scientology. The church needs to wake up. I've never seen anybody do that with worship. Nobody else is doing this stuff. But that's the apostasy, and that's what he's saying. Do not be deceived. Y'all need to wake up. That's why understanding God's Word is so important because the apostasy is going to get worse and worse, and it's going to try to appeal to your emotions and feelings. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to, to base our obedience and our lives upon His Word one of the other schemes that he uses is bitterness. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 26 and 27 it says be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. And the last thing he does one of the schemes he does is he's hindering the ministry. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18 therefore we wanted to come to you even i Paul time and again but Satan hindered us. That word hindered is actually a military term meaning to put an obstacle the enemy's done exactly what he needs to do to try to put an obstacle in your way so you can't move. That's what Satan's doing in the ministry. As we serve. We need to remember that. But he talks about the sons of disobedience. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So according to the prince and the power of the air the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience. And we know that is very familiar. Paul wrote about that in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 7. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And he's telling you, you need to put all these things off. This is how you once walked as a son of disobedience. And, and, and the word that it used for works in sons of disobedience is the energy, the activity of the falling spirit. They're always searching for a way to get in. And if you don't think that, look at Job chapter 1, verse 7. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, and walking back and forth on it. Satan is always trying to look for a door to go into. And the doors that can be the worst ones are the ones that you've opened. Okay? You need to close them. You need to to deal with them. And and, and the sons of disobedience just depicts a person whose unbelief, they're persuaded, they're they're obstinate, and they're they're non-compliant and disobedient to God even if they're... They know who God is, but they've chosen not to follow him. They're just choosing lawlessness. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil will go on continuing to sin. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. You know, the, the understanding is is that we, we are justified. And understanding when we give our hearts to Christ, when we confess our sins and we repent and we turn to Christ, and we believe in the resurrection, your past, your present, your future sins are forgiven. But that doesn't mean that you just go on sinning. Like, oh, okay, I got, a, I got my ticket to heaven, I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> Whatever you're going to go do But that's not what he means It's like understanding the cost of the sin Understanding that you're walking with God now That he wants you to pursue the things that are righteous Pursue the things that are holy He wants you to put to death those things that That you used to follow And that's why sometimes This is hard When you first come to Christ you lose friends Sometimes you want You have family members that don't even want to be around you because they're following the course of the world. And you need to be praying for them. Acts twenty six eighteen. be praying that for them. And lastly, we're going to see in verse 3, we were, uh, we were uh, by nature children of wrath, among whom also we want also conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. It is the flesh. It is the flesh. It is the body. It is the lust that we are following. That's why we have to kill the flesh. We have to deal with the flesh. We're to, we're to be guided by the Spirit. Put to death the flesh. And, and, it, and it, we, we get the, the greatest explanation of this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19-21. through 21. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, uh, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, robberies, and the like of which I told you before just as I had told you, you in the past and those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it goes into the fruit of the Spirit. Right, and and it's all wrapped up in love, and and he's telling you all these things where your flesh and they need to be put to death. Stop digging them up, and that's why when he tells Lazarus to come out, he tells him to start unbinding them, get the grave clothes off. That's not you anymore. Stop trying to wrap yourself back up in them. In Ephesians chapter four verses seventeen through nineteen says, "I uh, this I say therefore." testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk in the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being the past feeling having given themselves over to lewdness to the work of uncleanliness and greediness, and he's telling you, like, don't be like the Gentiles, which would be, don't be like the the spiritually dead. That's not you no more. And we know that the things that we struggle with in the flesh and the mind are, are covered in First John chapter two, verses sixteen and seventeen. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. You know, one of the things that we know is that, you know, most of us don't remember. I I don't know how many young, we don't have much young, but Black Friday used to be a bad thing. People used to get killed on Black Friday. You know, the shopping day on Thanksgiving, right? Right? They would, there were people that were actually trampled over and, and were killed for a DVD player, which you have here now. <laughs> you have access to almost every movie, whatever, here. But they were killed for parking places. And see, that's one of the things that I think about when I was putting this together is, like, how many of us are... are, are when we, when we think about the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life, how many of us were, were can, and when you think about the old you, were like really trying to, like the world controlled everything. Like I got to get the newest phone. I got to get this, you know, it's like I need a new car. I'm in debt. I need a new car. You don't care, right? Because that person got a new car. I need a new car. And that's how we were driven, by the course of the air. Uh, by the course of the world, I mean. And, and, and so we were children of wrath. We were controlled by our flesh and our minds. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because of all sinned. Why were we children of wrath? Because we were born with that sin nature. Adam sinned, and, and it was passed on to all of us. And, and this is why... When you read the news today and you see things where you just, you're just shocked, the vilest sins that we see because the flesh, because we're spiritually dead, because they need God, and, and they're blinded by the devil. And God sometimes will give people up to a debased mind because they've chosen lawlessness. They've chosen, I don't care about you, God. I'm going to do whatever I want. I would rather follow Satan. There are people that are doing that right now. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, You are the father of the devil. The desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And one of the things that we need to remember it doesn't mean that people who are lost can't do good deeds. Because you'll look at somebody and go, "Were well, they a good person. No, none of us are good. It tells us that in Scripture. There was only one good, and his name was Jesus. He lived a sinless life. Yeah, you can do some good things. But again, you're going to, your trespasses, you're going to have a goal, and you'll always fall short. And guess what? The, the devil will give you things to keep you occupied. He'll move you in a direction that he needs to move you in especially people of influence. You see stuff that happened at the Grammys, people of influence, Satan worship at the Grammys. He used them. I'll give you fame. This is what you're going to do. And you're following the course of the world. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of man who suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. We have to remember it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to God. In John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. We're to put off our, our former conduct in the flesh and the lust. In Ephesians 4, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupting according to his deceitful lust. You're to put off those old things and put on the new. Because guess what? We were all children of wrath. We were all sons of disobedience. We were all following the course of the world. And praise God if you grew up in a Christian home and you you came to faith in an early age because you were blessed. You didn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff. I was 39 years old when I gave my life to Christ. I have 39 years of a train wreck, of a life. And yes, some good things came out of it. We talked about common grace. I got five kids. But they lived with the son of disobedience with the child of wrath and they put up with things they shouldn't have put up with but I'm made alive because of Christ I'm a new creation and if that's you you should be rejoicing every day because when I read these scriptures and this is why I didn't want to rush through this because next week we're going to get to but God my favorite line like somebody needs to write a book called but God right that would be a great book because some of the greatest verses in the Bible are when you see that but God. And, and we're going to get to that next week. And I think we're going to be in verses 1 through 10 for two more weeks. We're going to just kind of take our time through it. I don't want to rush through it.